Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Hey folks, welcome back to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. I'm your host, Joe Liu, and today I'm joined by Pastor Lydia, who's the co-founder here at 180 Church, pastor of Transformation, and the wife of Dr. Sammy. And today... We're sitting here to discuss a very real reality that I think often gets overlooked in our lives. And that's just the matter of fact that we're in a landscape of warfare. Like whether we know it or not, we're experiencing warfare. And there might be a feeling that there's a bit of a push and a pull in our lives, whether we find ourselves in the face of opposition or undergoing extreme resistance or even like some of the addictions and you know sin that we just can't seem to get past. It seems like there is there is a point maybe for some of us that we're just stuck in a rock in a hard place and we're not really sure what's going on and it's hard to identify what it is but maybe when we look at it through the lens of warfare and the fog of war and how there is a spirit that wants to oppose us wants to oppose the thing that God is doing um, it puts everything into perspective and so we want to invite you guys to really listen in and you know I thought this podcast was really enlightening again to uh, really discuss spiritual discernment and how to take authority against um, enemy plots and schemes and because there is a very real enemy out there. And so without further ado, here's Dr. Sammy. Today's scripture is from Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 to 10. As for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by work, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That is the word of the Lord. Amen. Today's sermon is given by Dr. Sammy D. Kim, a co-founder of 180 Church NYC, a bioethics fellow in global health and social medicine at Harvard Medical School, and a regular contributor at Christianity Today. Yeah, so in the summer, every summer I teach at Fuller Seminary uh, a bunch of pastors from all over, you know, six, seven countries, and they come to learn more about what it means to be in ministry and et cetera. And a question I received this summer was, what would you tell yourself a decade ago? about ministry? I had to think a minute. I wasn't prepared for that question, but I said, never, est- 
never overestimate yourself. That's the first thing. Because when I first started, man, did I overestimate myself. And you'll be humbled. And the second thing is never underestimate the devil. And some of you are like, the devil? Yeah. A lot of times uh, when people begin their faith journey, whether as a seasoned leader, even as a spiritual leader, or even a, a seeker, they're naive in the way they think about spiritual things. And if I want to frame our conversation today, and I'm going to do that three-part series that I started in John, I'm going to take a deviation real quick and come back, finish John 3 uh, next week. But when we talk about new life, the first thing we talked about two weeks ago was how God's wind was synonymous with the work of the Spirit from the very beginning of Genesis, the book, first book of the Bible. How the wind of the Spirit begins to work in people's life and it, it brings and blows a new life in people's life. And so a lot of times we like to focus on the positive, the power of God. Tell someone next to you the power of God. We're like, we like the power of God. We like the goodness of God. But like in every story, nothing is easy as it seems. So there is, there is the Spirit of God drawing many of us to Himself for whatever reason. But this dynamic, this spiritual journey, is not just about being pulled. There's also another dynamic of being pushed pushed by distractions, pushed by the enemy. From the very beginning of Genesis, we see a dualistic tension in the Christian story. We see the evil one personified as a snake, representing evil and temptation. And one of the things that I said to a lot of my students was, in the summers, I was naive. Just like this movie, How many people sad that Tony Stark died in the end game? Raise your hand if you're sad. How many people still grieving this? You know, I just want to just remind you, Tony Stark is a fictional character. But I actually saw Tony Stark, I mean, you know, Downey Jr. actually right outside Union Square one time. I parked behind him. Uh, and I was like, Tony! He's like, that's not my name. Well, he didn't say that to me, but, um, you know. Um, but. In this movie, in the, in the, Marvic, in the Marvel Universe, Spider-Man, Peter Parker is grieving the death of his mentor in Endgame. And so here is this young person, Jen, whatever they are now, and most of you millennials, you guys are very similar to Peter Parker. You're super. You're super duper. You're... You're gifted, you're smart, you're, I mean, like Peter, some of you are actually going to Columbia, that's what it represents, right? You're, you're, you're intelligent, and you have an optimistic view of the world, and I mean, of course, for Peter, in this movie, Spider-Man, Far From Home, you know, all he wants is to be a regular kid, right? He just wants to tell MJ that he likes her. He, he just wants to be a regular kid. And he's quick to abdicate his responsibility and his calling that Tony gave him. Because 
It's so heavy on him. And, I mean, if I'm ruining spoilers for you and you see, this is your fault, okay? This is like, people said, I'm killing people's story. This is like months. This is your own fault, okay? Don't blame me. No IG stories. Thank you for ruining it. Please stop it. But, uh, you know, so, so in this film, he quickly abdicates Tony Stark's technology, all of, you know, that Tony gave him GPS systems and satellite systems to Mysterio. Because he seems like, the, you know, the uncle, the older brother, a good guy that could be the hero so that Peter could be a kid. And, and one word that I would use to describe Peter here is naive. He was naive. He quickly surrenders and abdicates the greatest technology on earth to defend the planet to a villain. And just like that, what I've seen in 20 years of ministry is the smartest people, they're entirely intelligent, highly driven, abdicate their spiritual authority to the wrong people and to the wrong things. We're spiritually naive. Some of us are just too nice. The French word for nice means naive. Tell someone, you're naive. You're like, I'm not naive. I'm not saying you're naive about the things of the world. I'm saying you're naive about spiritual things. We, you know, somewhere along the story, every Christian or even seeker n needs to know that if you want to understand the correct orientation of what is going on in this world, is what C.S. Lewis says in Mere Christianity. We are in the middle of an enemy-occupied territory, and the rightful king has landed in disguise. So if you want to understand the story of reality, you have to start from a crisis, from a conflict, from a war. And many people just want to live in this utopia like everything is fine. And you keep finding yourself battling with negative thoughts, cognitive distortions, depression is at all-time high, mental illness is culminating. And we go, what's wrong? We're at a war. And some of us, and I've seen this for 20 years, if we don't wake up soon, we're not going to make it. Like, you're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to say, God will work out everything for those who love and are called according to the Yeah, that's in the Bible. But it also talks about, Jesus talks about how the enemy comes, steals the seed. The very deposit of God's destiny for your life, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if we don't grow in our spiritual discernment, the game doesn't even begin. Forget the end game. How many people ever hear the phrase, don't hate the player, hate the game. Tell someone, they say, don't hate the player, hate the game. You know what that means? I actually looked it up, just in case. 
I was correct in my construction, but uh, I just wanted to make sure I understood the ebonics correctly. Right. The, the, whole, the whole premise is there is a system how the world works. Don't hate me for understanding the game. And for a lot of people in the spiritual journey, they don't understand this is a lot like Tolkien's idea of Middle-earth. There is a battle right in the center of our souls. And if you don't understand why your life is in a fog or why you feel like something is against you, it's because something is. And until you figure that out, life is always going to be foggy. And the crazy thing is, every time I talk about this, people are like, what? What are you talking about? I don't get it. This is so abstract, esoteric, spiritual nonsense. Because that's the whole point. Anytime you try to identify the warfare, fog enters. So that's, the, that's what we want to combat today. How do you combat being spiritually naive? How do you combat that? Because the warfare is not explicit, it's implicit. So let's look at this text. So look what Paul says. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, of the ruler, of the kingdom, of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts. Like rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus, but it's curious the tense he writes in, right? He's writing in what? What tense is he writing in? Past tense. Good, guys. See, smart. He's writing in the past tense because spiritual warfare or the spirit at work, a contrarian spirit, if you don't want to call it the evil one, that's what you call it, a contrarian spirit, a critical spirit. Something is at work, and it's hard to identify because it's invisible. You can feel it just like the wind of the spirit, the good work, but you could only see it in hindsight. And Paul says that to the church of Ephesus. Do you, you remember when you were what? Ruled. The, the idea of ruled is being influenced or under the dominion of a spirit. And all of us lived, right? That's why temptation and sin and despair and addiction was culminated in the heart. So what is he talking about? talking about a contrarian spirit. Not the spirit of God, not the wind of the spirit, but he's talking about an evil spirit that's ruling over us. So sometimes you think that you're under control. How many people here think they're always under control? You're like, a lot of New Yorkers are like, yo, bro, don't, I got it. All right, don't, don't, this, this is none of your business. I got this. I know what I'm doing. And you feel like you're under control. I feel like that for most things in my life. But after I got married, one area of my life, I can't ever get in control. 
is the weight thing. <laughs> and you know, and I try to analyze this from like a psychological perspective, a physical perspective, even a spiritual perspective. Maybe this is spiritual warfare, right? I try to bind, bind the temptations. If I have a weakness, you know, it's my kryptonite are donuts. Like my family, when I go into 7-Eleven, I, I go, I'm gonna go get a drink, I'm thirsty. My family in the back, they start making bets. How many donuts do you think he's gonna bring back in the car? And Nathan's like, probably three. Josh's like, no, five, dozen. And they're usually right. Because when I go into 7-Eleven, re I'm really serious. I did not intend getting donuts. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? In 7-Eleven, there's these glazed donuts. They're, they're, they just like, they're, they're golden and shiny. And they call out to me. Well, how do they know my name? But they do. And after I get the soda, I just look past the donut and I usually walk by. I go, no, in Jesus' name. doesn't work. I go there, start putting donuts. And once I put, start putting the donuts in the bag, I can't stop. You know, because I, I try to do the right things. And if I did all the right things, I would look like someone like, like Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> but instead, and, and here's what I'm, what I'm saying, okay, really clearly. And I thought this was really funny in Endgame, by the way. But I mean, what, how do you combat being spiritually naive? Like being dumb about what's influencing you? Are all the thoughts that bring depression and loneliness and despair in your life something you're leading and doing? Or is there an actual enemy? Because my enemy are the donuts. But you see, for me to be able to what? Combat something, I need to be able to what? Identify it. So what's the first lesson we learned? How do we combat it? Read with me. Tell someone next to you this. Embrace what? Embrace you got an enemy. Tell someone next to you, you got an enemy. Take that as a compliment. If you don't have an enemy in your life, it means you're nobody. It means you're not a threat. Why does the enemy want to steal the seed that God is speaking over you or into you? Because if that seed grows, it will change the world. That seed grows and manifests and prospers and flourishes in you. It will change you to become a force in the world. And I'm sorry to say, a lot of believers particularly are naive for mo most or all their life. They never want to... You know, I'm like, let's pray about that. 
They, and they start like pouting and like, I'm like, see, you look demon possessed. Pray. I got stuff for the GRE, bro. Pray. Pray. God's not going to help me. He might. Look, you look possessed. Like anything with spiritual connotations that might stem a root of the problem, could stem spiritually, is like praying. That helps nobody. That's not going to really help me. A lot of times, a lot of believers live their life like prayer is something everybody says they do, but they really don't do. And they keep getting duped and influenced by the contrarian spirit of their life, and no wonder they're so confused and have no spiritual power. And then you talk about depression and addiction all the time. And then, because you've been struggling with the addiction and struggling with all these pervasive thoughts, for most of your life, you begin to believe that that's just the way things are. And you enter a spirit of despair, you stop telling people, and you enter isolation. It's the work of the enemy. I mean, I've seen seekers come to our church I've seen people come to Christ, and I've seen people take 17-year steps backwards. I've seen people take two-year step backwards to come back, back and forth. And they were seeking. They were getting there, but oop, something pulls them back. Tell someone next to you, pulls them back. They came, they, you know, they're like, they're feeling good in the morning. They got their Starbucks, you know, their latte, and they were filled would espresso, they were, you know, I'm ready to learn today. And they parked the car, and right when they were coming after church, they got a parking ticket. And they were like, I can't believe this. God, are you kidding? <laughs> I'm trying to get to know you. How could I be rewarded with a parking ticket? You know, I'm never coming to church. I'm never in my car again. They're gone. I'm not going to mention you. This is a real story. Took them three years to come back. If you think that if the wind of the Spirit blows and God is at work in the world, restoring the beauty in all things, and there is also a contrarian spirit at work opposing that work, if you can't identify that work, you'll be pulled back. And the whole point is attrition. You know how you win arguments? Attrition. Just annoy the heck out of the person and talk forever. And eventually you just say whatever. You become complicit to their BS, their shenanigans, because you're tired. Oh, I don't want to talk five hours more. Okay, you're right. You're not really right, but I want to get out of here. That's what enemy does. Enemy wins the war of attrition. Through attrition, he wins the battle, spiritual battle. So seekers begin to flee. And sometimes the enemy will press you and attack you. If you come to church, you're like, you know what? I can't do that. I just need to leave this. This is a bad feeling. This is scary. Can you identify, let's make it less spiritual. Can you identify resistance in your life, in your spiritual walk today? If you can identify the point of resistance, you can see the contrarian spirit at work in your life. 
and can begin to understand what God is trying to do. Whatever that area is, it's a target. It's special. It's important. God is working in it. So first, embrace you got an enemy. That's how you combat being spiritually naive. Let's go down. And God raised us up with what? And God raised us up with Christ. Again, past tense. So in the beginning, we saw the past tense of seeing the contrarian spirit at work, the evil spirit at work. Here, Paul is using a past tense to describe spiritual power attributed to everyone in Christ. Tell someone in Christ. It's very important. See, if there is an apologetic for why you want to be in Christ now, then rather than three years from now, is that once you are in Christ, you are seated. Tell someone seated. With him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Not when you go to heaven. 30, 40, 50 years from now. Now. It's past tense. The power of the kingdom of heaven is accessible in you now that what? That advocates or, or mitigates the power of the enemy at work. All of the kingdom of God's resources, the power of heaven, the power of God begins to work in you and sets you free from this dominion. You are seated with Christ now. That power is available now to break addiction, to break despair, to alleviate depression. God has the power to change your life at this moment. Sometimes it's a process. Sometimes it's incremental. But what the text is teaching is that that power is available at this very second, seated with Christ in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, express in his kindness to us, read that part, in who? In Christ Jesus. So whatever your struggle is today, and you know, it's none of my business what those struggles are. I care about you and God cares about you. But the despair and the cycle of despair you're in and the anxious thoughts you have and whatever those things might be, the good news of the gospel is that it says that you have the power accessible from God to set you free. Amen? God has the power to change your life in Christ. So I remember many experiences with the spiritual domain, spiritual phenomenon. I remember in college I was leading a men's group. And, you know, ladies, I'm sorry. I know most guys are just kind of dumb. <laughs> like, we're super bro-y, you know. <laughs> it's like... If, if, unless men cultivate 
actual reflection, we don't, we, we don't think much. It's like food, kill, eat. You know, it's like, it's like drink, drink more. It's like we haven't evolved that much since the time of Adam. I mean, that's why NASA landing a man in the moon is like the second coming of Christ. Like, men are not that bright. Without proper reflection and discipline, men never get to a place where they can actually express what they're thinking or feeling. So if you ask a man, what are you feeling? No, bro. You know, let's talk about basketball. And, and, uh, and uh, that's why, like, when I was mentoring these, these guys, um, it was frustrating. How, what are, how, you know, like, how are things with your soul? What is a soul? <laughs> it's like, like, mentoring women are different things. Like, you know, if you ask them, how are you feeling? Oh, do you have, how many hours do you have? It's like, right? I mean, and it's not, of course, based on gender, but I'm just, you know, from my own experience, um, I remember we were doing this series on a particular journal called Wild at Heart, and, and we're going through the chapters. And one guy got really ill. And he's, he started have like, I don't know, something allergic reaction or something, and he had hives all over his body. Like, his face, like, it looked like he was possessed, but looked natural, like an allergic reaction or something. And so we all went to visit him in his dorm room, and I was like, we should pray. And, of course, what, what do men do when you say, let's pray? Ha! <laughs> Call a doctor! Right? Dude, this is not, he's like, uh, he got really fine for a second. This is not, when he said, this is not spiritual warfare, he, he was fine. Like, he seemed fine. And then he was, and then he started, hive started, more hive started. It's like disgusting too. I was like, yeah, maybe we should leave. I don't want to catch this thing. But I was like, maybe we should pray, right? I mean, it's, isn't it, you know, sort of like, doesn't seem like in a coincidence that we have this meeting and this is some deep stuff that we're reflecting on and men reflecting would require heaven's power. <laughs> so, you know, it also represents demonic power. It's like, let's pray. No, but, I mean, it's like when you say let's pray, all of hell breaks loose, literally. There's something in you that says, no, heaven is not the answer. There is no power there. You cannot draw life from that source. It's almost like the enemy knows. He said, he said, fine, fine, fine. Just pray for me so you guys could get out of here. So we laid hands on him and said, in the name of Jesus, if this is demonic, we pray that these things would go away. Immediately we felt it. When we prayed in Jesus' name, all the hives went in. Everything was gone. And I said, what up? I told you. It was spiritual. You idiot. A lot of times, a lot of believers lack spiritual power in their lives for their own lives and even in their witness because they don't practice spiritual discernment. You think the enemy is going to just let you walk into someone's workplace or school and take what belongs to him? Remember, C.S. Lewis frames the story of Christianity as enemy-occupied territory. And the rightful king landing, Jesus, what, was a CIA mission to set the captives free. We're the one on offense. 
the enemies on defense. And so some of you Christians right now, you guys are like, you know, how many people ever try to tell people about God? Your friends, and you're discouraged. Raise your hand if you're discouraged. You're like, I tell my friends about God, but they don't want to ever come. Or they make fun of me or something. And it's like, oh, so discouraging. He's like, why bother? I'm trying to do the right thing, but nothing seems to work out. And you're discouraged. Discouragement is a good sign. Discouragement means you're successful. You're like, why? Because it's not that your witness is not working. It's that the enemy is also working. The enemy is pushing back. The enemy is not going to let you to go into NYU and Columbia and just take people. You're dealing with an evil entity. You see an exorcist or the conjuring? Okay, that's just like a small sample, okay? So this is the way we need to phrase the reality, we, the story and the reality we find ourselves in here. There's Tolkien's Middle Earth idea of the Lord of the Rings. There's a, a battle, an ultimate battle. And by the way, if you haven't watched or read The Lord of the Rings, please do so immediately. What are you waiting for? It's one of the best, all-times best-selling books of all time. You need to learn the elves, about the elves, and you need to learn about the hobbits. You, this is important stuff. Or at the end game, that there is an ultimate personified evil force attacking the universe as we know it, trying to redefine it. That's the story we find ourselves in. So how do you combat spiritual ignorance? Being spiritually naive. Second thing is what? Read it with me out loud. Spiritual practice? Like, what I mean by loud, like me speak it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, you know how to read, right? Practice what? Spiritual? Discernment and authority. What, what, what do I mean by practice? I could have said, be aware, grow spiritual discernment. A lot of times we talk about growth in the church, and we have no strategy for growth. Yeah, yeah, I need to grow. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's like, yeah, I need to lose some weight, but I'm not going to eat less or move more. You need a strategy. You need a strategy to practice spiritual discernment. How do you do that? You need to begin to assess when resistance happens, if it is spiritual or not. How do you do that? You pray. You begin to practice spiritual discernment and practice authority. What if it is spiritual? Sometimes it's not. I'm not saying it is all the time. But if it is, you can practice spiritual discernment. Because it's not like you don't have the authority. Like, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to just like go to someone's house I know that's demon-possessed. Or haunted, some people think. And if I didn't have the authority, that'd just be stupid. The good news is, whatever is taking place in your life that's demonic or you're, you're under assault, you have the authority in Christ to overcome. Amen? That's the power. So, let's read this quote from C.S. Lewis as we end today. This is what Lewis says. I mean, the more a man was in the devil's power, the less he would be aware of it on the principle that a man is still fairly sober as long as he knows he's drunk. The more clarity you think you have about what you're thinking about, what you're thinking about 
And the more influence the enemy has in your life, you'll be less aware of it. And the enemy doesn't have to explicitly reveal himself because subtlety is his strategy. If you look at how even governments are operating today, most likely we will not see a conflict like World War I and World War II. Like, we're more civilized than that. You're like, I don't know. We have a guy in office. I'm telling you, even him. We've learned from World War I and World War II that killing all people on the planet is not a good idea. Because war, in the end, it, what is war about? Is it about killing people, murdering people? No. It's about interest. It's about assets. It's about who controls what. Who has the power to do what? And whose values ultimately advance? The new warfare will be subtle warfare. Will be cyber warfare. Meddling in our elections. Stealing intel. So all you computer engineers today, you might be the future army. So good luck with that. But that's warfare. Warfare is now subtle. And implicit, if you can do something without ever being caught, how would anyone ever know? And that's the spiritual battle that looks the same way. It requires greater sophistication and growth spiritually. So that's why that's critically important to recognize. Let's stand and pray together. Hey everybody, welcome back. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and Friends. Today I'm here with Pastor Lydia, co-founder of 180 Church, pastor of Transformation, as well as wife to Dr. Sammy. Um, and it's been a long two weeks, but welcome back, Pastor Lydia. It's good to see you again. Thanks, Joe. Good to see you. And um, so I am really glad to be here because, uh, you know, it's been a long two weeks. And for me uh, to, you know, be reintroduced to like what Dr. Sammy is has been discussing in the last two weeks with uh, what it means to be born again as a believer and as a Christian, or for those that are seeking um, what that concept really means, or like trying to concretize the concept of, you know, having new life again. And kind of talking through his most recent sermon yesterday, where we're talking about now, the, as much as there's like a pull where, draw, where God is drawing us closer to him, there's also a push. And, um, that push may not be so obvious to us that for those of us that are experiencing like opposition or resistance in our lives, but it's clear in the gospel story that there is an enemy and there's uh, an adversary that is pushing against us. And, you know, though we know that it's there, you know, I guess the real question is, you know, what is, what is he trying to do? Or, you know, what is he, what is he trying to get at? Yeah, Jesus says that the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come to give life to the full. Mm. Um, and this is why we consider the enemy the contrarian spirit, because he has literally come to obstruct, contradict everything who Christ is mm. and everything that he is doing. Right. Um, so... Really, at the end of the day, what he's trying to achieve is so that we don't reach the goal that Christ has for us, whether mm. it is spiritual growth, um, flourishing, finding Christ, finding um, 
purpose, mm. moving forward, and he does it in ways where it is so、um, implicit and subtle, and almost as if he's not there. I mean, C.S. Lewis talks about that, like.、Mm. His best trick is that he will be like, "I'm not here," and he will go invisible.、Hmm. But he is up to something, right?、Yeah. He is orchestrating nothing beautiful, like a chaos, so that everything gets disconnected、right. that should be connected、mm-hmm. within us to find Christ,、um, our understanding of Christ, our following Christ. He's a liar, like. Everything、yeah. to go against、mm. what, who Christ is and what Christ is doing in our lives,、right. which is to give us life to the full.、Right. So any lessening of the fullness of God and the kingdom of God is, we could attribute it to the enemy.、Mm. So, so what? It's, it seems like what you're saying is that the enemy is seeking to like extinguish what God is doing in our lives, like the seed that God is planting in our lives, kind of. Just kind of like going back to what Dr. Sammy just just very briefly said, like two weeks ago, is that like you know God is doing a work in us,、um, and so so the enemy's whole goal is to just like try to blot that out. Yeah, or even to keep it from starting.、Mm. Yeah, because you can't really stop something that never starts, right? Sometimes you can't.、Um, You can't fix something where you don't even know what the problem is. Right. You know, so I think it keeps things from even starting. Yeah. It keeps things from、um, growing. Right. Yeah. So.、Mm. I mean, the work itself, if you think about it, is pretty clear. At I think,、um, but I think the process is so. Subtle, yeah. That I think, as believers and also just、um, even unbelievers, it's almost as if he does not exist, and、mm. you end up going in a circle, yeah, in life,、right. in your seeking, and yeah. I mean, there's so much to say about、right. it and bringing him out. Right. That's. I mean, that's really alarming because you know,、um, it's. Because I, I, I almost the the way I'm seeing it right now is that it's almost like a having a disease you don't know that you have right. It's like it might be corroding your insides or like messing everything up, and you're not really sure what's going on. But you're kind of like, oh, maybe it's something bad that I ate, or you know, you like c- kind of give it ordinary meanings, and like you you miss like this very important detail that there might be something like fundamentally challenging you. To like prevent you from you know being healthy in in this example or like receiving God's like life in you.、Mm, yeah, in the sense that you can't fully function right.、Mm, yeah. Physically function because there's something internal that you can't see. Right. That's going on. That's that's affecting your output、mm. or lack of output. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I see. Um. So, I mean. Now, now that that's addressed, you know, like that we know that there's an enemy, and we know that、uh, he's out there to oppose us, and like, you know, act as a force against what God is doing in our lives, and even against us. Like, you know, I know Dr. Sammy, you know, talked about how like there's a spiritual naivety when it comes to you know dealing with the enemy, because 
we're not really thinking that we're in combat, right? Essentially, we're in the middle of, you know, opposing forces, and we're not really sure what is pushing against us. And I, th- I think what might be going on for a lot of us, and, you know, I'm, I think even for me, it's like we just kind of think that that's normal or like we think that that's like just the way life is like it's you know like whether it's you feel like life is hopeless or that you know there's um not much you can do about certain things or that you just feel like oh there's these negative things that happen to you and that's just you just have to like roll with it or deal with it but it's sometimes it could be something more than just those things right Mm-hmm. Um, so like what like how do we com- combat this adversary yeah before we go to the how mm-hmm. right because I mean second point was very clear practice spiritual discernment slash authority right so before we even go into that and he made it very clear when you know when he preached the message he said I noticed I didn't say grow in your spiritual discernment mm-hmm. and authority in Christ but I'm saying practice um, so we'll go into that, right? right? Because there is a way to practice and to fight while you're being trained to fight mm. in spiritual discernment, um, and to walk in authority and what that really looks like practically. But rewinding a little bit, really, like, do we really live like we're in a spiritual combat? Because when we think combat, we think it's constant and we mm. think we're always trying to hide from or dodge, right? Yeah. But do we really live like that? Mm. I And I don't even think that the enemy operates that way, mm. that he makes it so clear that we could dodge, mm. you so, know? So it's not that obvious or it's, explicit. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. Mm. It's it's so oblivious. There's an oblivion to how the enemy works mm. that some might even live through life, not ever wondering if it applies to them. Wow. You know? Right. So sometimes it comes with the clarity. Like someone could feel like they have so much clarity on life and mm. that they have a handle on life or on certain things, right? Mm. And it, they might even be successful, but that clarity sometimes may not be clarity itself, but it may be a fog. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. You know, right. so it, there's, uh, and the person may live being duped for most of their life, hmm. you know, chasing right. and, you know, competing and overcoming in so many different ways, mm-hmm. but never realizing um that they actually never flourished to become who Christ made them to be, right? Mm, yeah. So I think if it was clearer, you know, like C.S. Lewis uh, um, writes all these, you know, Chronicles of Narnia, World War Two, or mm. was it World War, World War One, mm. where kids are escaping and going into this, you know, this big house of the professor mm. um trying to be you know because they were being protected from the war like it wasn't that clear but it does paint a picture i think for him he saw it as he's he went from war and the kids you think the kids are safe but then once they enter narnia you see that there is a white witch right 
So there's a transitioning, like, okay, you may be safe from, you know. Like an external reality. Yeah. yeah. But the spirit in spiritual reality, actually, you need to be protected. You right. need to overcome. There is a white witch, right. you know. And even in, in the story itself, the white witch comes as a friend. Hmm. Almost like with camaraderie, you know, to Edmund. And if you haven't watched it, like, you know, these movies are actually very helpful. And, you know, yeah. Sam says that too in the message. He says, if you have not watched Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, mm -hmm. or have not read it, you really should because they paint really good pictures. Mm -hmm. And perhaps because they lived through times of war yeah. where they had to escape and they really know um, the casualty of war. Right. So it perhaps painted a realistic picture of what happens. Mm -hmm. um, but these novels help us even now. Mm. I guess the closest to, um, thing to, uh, I guess the novels would be superhero movies. Yeah. Or even um, Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. Like, for me, I was very lost in all the Star Wars movies <laughs> yeah. until I think 2000... <laughs> 2002 the prequel came out yeah and why anakin went rogue yeah, yeah and i was like oh my god this makes so much sense right so yeah it is kind of like that like mm. you can live through life you can watch movies you're like okay great bad guy good guy okay great great and you mm. never really know what's going on and then boom like mm. oh this is what's going on and wow i'm in this story yeah oh, okay i do get attacked right. oh i do get duped I had no idea. Mm. So I think recognizing the enemy is almost like a veil lifting over your eyes. Or yeah. better yet, like one day you realize that you weren't seeing really well. Mm. And you get an eye test because you're not doing so well, like in school yeah. or in life. And you get glasses and you're like, oh my gosh, I thought I saw all along. Right. And you start seeing clearly. So it's yeah. be almost like maybe, yeah, like veil coming off your eyes, but also you're giving lenses to see something that you couldn't see before. Right. Yeah, that that was kind of the uh, picture that I was getting while you were describing it because I think you described it really well in that it's because like in all those movies, it seems like there's like a, like a conflict happening outside of these characters, whether it's in like Star Wars, even Lord of the Rings is a great depiction because there's like a real like war going on there's like a battle of good and evil outside but it's like the real the real like adversary or like the real like conflict that's happening is like the subtle stuff that's happening with the main characters like when like frodo is like interacting with Gollum, or like um w when it comes to like uh what's what, what's his name from chronicles of narnia edmund edmund yeah. yeah when edmund is interacting with the witch it's like mm -hmm. there's like these s subtler ways in which you know the the, it seems like the enemy acts in order to like attack us in a way that's not so external or explicit because it's like and i think in life it's kind of like that because like it's like we we're, we're very busy people or like we do a lot of things in our reality where it's like we feel like we're always like trying to survive or like beat the odds or trying to be successful like um reach goals and such like that and it's it's like we're so focused on the outside that we miss what's really happening like the real conflict that's happening inside is that kind of close to the picture? Yes, but it, see, I think that 
even if you were to look inside and say, "What's going on?" You're、uh-huh. talking about more like an internal conflict,、mm. right? Yeah. But there are also things going on around you. It's not only internal,、right. where you're being lied to by the enemy,、mm-hmm. where you don't understand what's going on and the conflicts in your soul.、Mm. But it's even around you. You know,、oh, I would、wow. even say like、um, Avengers is good, but I would say Korean dramas depict it really well too. Really, because a lot of Korean dramas are kind of、um, about there's this. Um, there's a there's a girl, and you know she's in love with the guy. For example,、uh-huh. right? But no matter, okay, it's usually I don't know how it is now, but like <laughs> there's a guy in love、yeah. with the girl, right?、Yeah. And he loves her, and he's trying to somehow get from A to B so that he could be in a relationship with this girl, right?、Yeah. And the girl likes him too,、uh-huh. but for whatever reason. And this is not literal, guys. I'm、yeah. not saying like A B. <laughs> it's about coming to relationship.、Yeah. Perhaps I mean, you know, after I finish the story, but like, but no matter w- w- like how much they try,、mm-hmm. and you could see like into the screen, like, oh my god, they're finally gonna realize that they love each other, and blah blah blah. You know, like yeah, they're supposed to converge. Yeah, it's very obvious to us, right? Yeah. But we also know there's that other girl. Who always goes around and messes things up so、uh-huh. that his feelings are always questioned about this girl that he really loves, or he's always distracted by something that happens that he never gets to the girl that he wants to get to. So、uh-huh. he never gets from A to B, even、right. though for us it's so clear, go A to B, and this has nothing to do with like stupidity of you know. Yeah. Of a man, a man or a woman or whatever conflict,、yeah. it's not just very, very plain. It、right. seems so simple, A to B, but why is A to B so hard? But、oh. we know be- because there is that girl.、Yeah. She's always scheming,、right. gaslighting, scheming, and doing all these things. But the enemy operates like that, and you know, and you watch the whole season just to see how they will end up together. Right. And how this girl who is always scheming will, you know, get what she deserves, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because we know that there is a culprit in the story.、Oh. They don't know. We do. Right. The girl catches on. Maybe they catch on. Like at one point or another, they kind of catch on to the fact that there might be something wrong. Right. But their goodness, no, that girl is campy. This is not happening. No,、right. there's no enemy. Like you know what I mean. But I think that's kind of like how we live. It's like we try to get from A to B,、mm. whether it's for seekers like trying to find God, but something you know it goes really well for a bit,、yeah. and then all of a sudden like start things start coming up,、right. and you know people who have been around in this war. Or you, I don't know, knights or whatever. You、mm-hmm. know, people who have seen people get duped in the war、yeah. will say, "There's something going on. Let's start praying." And and then、yeah. there's a strategy that you know that gathers around、right. stuff like that because sometimes it's not just something comes up,、mm-hmm. but right at just like great things happen at the right time. Sometimes, yeah. 
Also, bad things happen at the right time. And you're just like, why? Mm. And it's always to distract away from point A to point B. For a seeker showing up to church to hear the gospel. Like, why do these things always come up? There's always something. Yeah. Yeah. Always something. something. But it's always tricky when it's like, it's going smoothly and then it all of a sudden it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, oh, maybe, you know, it's going well. So they'll come around. Yeah. But then, you know, like Sam shared a story about like someone w- was hearing the gospel and then or was curious about the gospel. And then all of a sudden something happened and then yeah. they were like, boom, forget it. I'm not coming back. And it right. took like a few years. <clears throat> and we laugh at that. But I think if we really think about it, we there are so many stories that are like that mm. in our lives and in the people in our lives. Mm. Or there are people who are trying to grow, but it's just like, I can't get past this. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, people kind of give up from trying to follow Christ mm-hmm. to, you know what, anything will do. At least I'm trying. Right. And it kind of stops there. Mm. And then before you know it, like even the urgency of it begins to fade out. Yeah. And... It's like nothing. It's very quiet. You know oh, what I mean? Right. Does this make sense? It makes a lot of sense. There's like two <laughs> things. You really made sense of Korean dramas for me. <laughs> and number two, that that's that, that makes a lot of sense. It's like re- really a, a force that's preventing us from going from point A to point B. It's, it seems so simple when you put it that way. But it's like the enemy is very tactical in trying to... Like there's many different strategies in which... He will prevent us from getting to point B, some some for some reason or for some way or some how if we can't discern that this is what's happening, it's like we can we can never reach point B then. Yeah, and that's the purpose right. that he's trying to accomplish, so that you never get to point B. That's sobering. And he's committed to it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like relentless. Yeah. He'll do it till he succeeds. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Mm-hmm. Basically eliminates any possibility. Mm-hmm. Or or discourages us to the point where you will give up. Right. That's why discouragement is and disillusionment is such a huge tactic and fear. Because if you are afraid of the enemy you will not even talk about the enemy. You will dare, you will not dare to even um, discuss about him. Mm. Because I think, you know, um, there is a sense like fear comes over you when, or paranoia comes over you when you want to discuss something really important. Yeah. And um, it could come off almost like a sense of perfection, like everything has to be right, yeah. to everything has to be safe, to everything has to be, it has to be the right time. So you're always trying to manage around it so that you are ultimately completely safe to discuss this entity, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. how he might be affecting. And so if we don't walk and practice the authority of Christ, like, Sometimes enemy will just get people at the level of fear. Yeah. Which is a very elementary f- state. Yeah. I think it's like... It's very primal. It's very primal, mm. but it's almost like it exists in every stage. Like, you know, you've heard the term like uh, new level, new devil. Right. 
I feel like there's almost like you get to a new new level. There's fear, but you overcome fear. There's fear again mm-hmm. in the, at the next level. So yeah. you there's almost always a guarding of like I'm gonna make sure you don't get through this part. Yeah, I don't like that you got through the last part. So I don't want. I want to make sure you don't get through, mm-hmm. and I will create havoc in your mind, anxiety and fear in your mind to the point you will not proceed. Mm. And so I feel like new level, new devil. There is that sense. Of fear, so that you never actually continue to climb. Yeah, you know. That's, so yeah. A to B is, I guess, a good illustration, but also um, climbing. Yeah. There's a climbing stages right. of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. just taking it all in. I mean, because you know, I think hearing it that explicitly, right? Like that, you know. And especially because like it feels so visceral that at every, from from my experiences, it's like it does seem like there is like a stifling of any new momentum or new life. Whenever like new things, like new things are good things, right? Like generally, I'd, I'd say like like the new things that God is doing in our lives, it's like it's almost it almost always feels like there's like a strong momentum for it, and then all of a sudden like a dead stop um, when it comes to like actually trying actually trying to you know pursue what what god is doing in your life and it it like you know like being illustrated in such a way where it's like that explicit and like that you know um exposed mm-hmm. uh, that's that's pretty scary you know i think like i'm i'm just trying to think like how like how often do we stop because it just seems so so overwhelming like the fear or like the the resistance and the opposition in our lives that we just we just give up you know mm-hmm. yeah what are some illustrations of that you know without because mm-hmm. i think we're talking about it in a visceral way yeah and i think that you know even as i'm speaking about it and i think that's what you're saying like mm-hmm. you feel it viscerally oh, like oh yeah. it makes sense like yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But, you know, Sam gave one practical example of that. Like someone was coming to church to hear the gospel and got a parking ticket and actually got really, really upset Mm -hmm. at that parking ticket that, you know, just like just simply, right? I mean, I'm sure it's more complex in some ways, but like decided not to come back. Right. Almost like, oh, it's like, oh, like bad luck. You know, Mm -hmm. I think people also um, fear superstition. So when something like that happens, people have a way of like, not just disregarding, but kind of like disqualifying or what is the word? Um, Discontinuing direction. Um, So... Uh, I'm trying to think of examples. I mean, what are some examples, right? Well, you know, like being that I started school, you know, I think like it's it just feels the most visceral, visceral like regarding this message because, uh, you know, with, with Dr. Sammy, you know, he started off the sermon saying like, you know, like two things you learn from ministry, like don't overestimate yourself and don't underestimate what the enemy's doing. And as soon as he said that off the bat, I was like, wow, I feel like that was my entire first month because not to say I expected myself to do well, 
but like I kind of came in and I was very humbled by um, my experience there. Like there's just a lot of things I learned about myself that grew an awareness of that. I'm, I'm like really just like a small fish in a big pond. Um, and it almost feels like there's a, like a voice in my head and in my heart that's like, I'm just not cut out for this. Like I just, I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm not going to be good enough. I'm like below average amongst like, you know, really bright people. Like there's, it was just like, especially after my first like round of exams, I was just like, wow, I, I don't know what made me think like I can possibly like do this thing. Um, and going into school, there was like a lot of momentum about like, um, this new direction and like this new thing that's happening in my life. Um, and it came to like a dead stop like two weeks ago and I was just like super overwhelmed and you know I, I felt lost um and so it it just kind of it's like this sermon is very visceral because it seems like there's so much that is not in my control and um like to get to that next point seems so far there's so there's so many things I have to overcome there's so many things that I have to like grow in to do better and like I completely left out like if there's like a spiritual element to all this because you know i didn't even think of, I, I was just so stuck in like books and like like thinking about my inadequacies and stuff like that i like completely missed like what like what's going on in my spiritual life and like it was like not until last week i was like man i haven't really like done mission in a while like it was just like a random thought like i was just it was just think i was just thinking it because like um i had some time to like you know collect my thoughts after exams and i was like I almost felt like I really missed the mark or like I missed the point. Like the, the point wasn't like necessarily that I'm supposed to be awesome at this thing. I realized I wasn't like being the person I'm supposed to be on campus. Like I'm so like, I want, I wanted to reach out to people. Like I want to talk to like my friends that, you know, I've been bringing to church uh, about Christ and like discussing things that are important and like, not just, be so like stuck on books and like thinking about like am I doing the right thing you know like I think I got so distracted like really distracted and so I just had a, like like this moment of clarity like in the midst of everything like I haven't reached out to like my friends that I made at school about God or um stuff like that so it seemed like all the stuff that I thought was like the right thing to do or like this momentum I was going on just came to a dead halt and I just couldn't figure it out and there was like a very subtle like like 10 minutes just like thinking about it and then I, I like went on about my week again but um I don't really know if that like makes sense or, like, no, that's it makes it, sense yeah. because I think what you're saying is that you are preoccupied with a goal that you never intended to be your goal yeah it and was, somehow it became your goal and you there was almost like an obsession to be perfect. Yeah. Right. And it was in the whisper of, oh, or realization through conviction. Conviction is also a whisper of God. Like, oh, I haven't done mission. Like, and there was like a resetting mm -hmm. of your priorities yeah. where um, you kind of realized. Yeah. Right. And you kind of snapped out of that preoccupation. Mm -hmm. Right is what you're that's yeah because i think like i of course i want to be excellent at like school but i think 
at a certain point i got like so afraid and like so consumed. Um, yeah consumed by it that it just like my priorities flipped like i was like oh I can always do mission later or something like that. I don't know. Like, there's just, like, a weird flip that happened mm-hmm. um, all of a sudden. And then it was, like, after the mess of, like, my first month at school, I was like, man, not only did I, like, not do as well as I wanted to. It's just I haven't talked to anybody about God in, like, a month and a half. You know, it's just, like, so subtle that it, like, slipped my mind. Like, even though... During the summer, I was like, you know, I think it's like really important that I represent God on this campus, mm-hmm. despite everything else. It's just like all of a sudden, after six weeks, I like lost that intent or like lost that, you know, that motivation or like that that mission I had in mind. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, the enemy preoccupies us and consumes us sometimes with something that seems really important. Mm-hmm. And logically, yeah, it's important, right? But he has a way of making it the only thing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the thing is, like, the enemy knows our weaknesses pretty well. Yeah. Better than ourselves because they know, they're more aware of who we are than we are about ourselves yeah. before we become aware of ourselves. So the enemy will attack areas um it will seem mentally and emotionally but spiritually right the places where we have cracks about insecurity or um perfectionism mm. or um lack of self-love yeah. or self-hatred or these are all the places where the enemy will try to preoccupy us if he could mm. and so it because it feels almost so true or right to focus on it kind of like almost like when anxiety happens you almost feel like um, you have to focus on it that focusing on the problem will solve the problem when actually anxiety is really the feeling of feeling like you don't have control Mm -hmm. and you feel restless about like so it kind of like tweaks our attention away from the most important thing and yeah. makes something else a more important thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so subtle, just like you said. And it's subtle in that time passes. Yeah. And you kind of go about in a direction where you don't even realize, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, there's a wake-up call sometimes, but sometimes people are barely awake about yeah. that. Sometimes the enemy will enter kind of like, uh, what is it, enter thoughts into our minds mm-hmm. from left field. Yeah. Like, for example, um, let's say you need to be somewhere, right? Or actually, I'll give a, a actual example. Like, um, all of a sudden, you know, I have, this never happens, right? Mm. This has never happened. But, for example... As I'm hearing the message, and I'm like, oh, wow, he's preaching on, Sam is preaching on spiritual warfare, right? And I'm engaged. As I'm engaging, a thought will go through my mind, and it's like, I think you left the stove on. Right? Random. Yeah, like, just like that. But random, but not enough, because I did use the stove in the morning. But it's like, did you turn it off? Right? 
and it's like so sinister it's so sinister but it's like oh man did i turn that off and it's like what do i do i mean you know it's it's never happened to me that i actually leave it on yeah so i know that right Right. but it just feels like so urgent right that you have to do something right and but you know this is the thing like there's somewhat of experience right in spiritual warfare for me to know that I'm not going to get up and do something about it. Cause I know my house is not in danger. Yeah. But I think that if that thought were to enter in, I think people, if they weren't aware, um, would literally do something about yeah, it. Yeah. They would get preoccupied. About yeah. That, right? And at the end of the day, like, well, at least he has peace of mind. At least she has peace of mind. Yeah. No, that's important to us. Yeah. But if you look at it in terms of like, what is the enemy trying to do? Yeah. And if that is the enemy and I, I believe it was the enemy mm-hmm. because I recognize his voice yeah. and the timing. Right. Um, the enemy literally, and this might seem so simple that you might even mock it, mm. but he just doesn't want me to engage. And it doesn't have to be the stove, right? I think this happens to many people. It's like all of a sudden, like you get a text about brunch mm. and you're flipping through text because we're somehow um, almost conditioned to answer a text, yeah. you know, like you'll flip through or like all of a sudden your mom calls. Like I'm not saying the mom is the enemy, but it's just the timing of things get really mixed up. Mm. And ultimately it keeps you from engaging into what, um, what is being preached, mm. which is the, which is the word of God. Yeah. Right. So it has to do with the right information being received, you know? Yeah. And that's how simple it is sometimes. Like we complicate it. Like, oh, it must be like, this this that you know but at the end of the day it could just be preoccupy someone just enough so that they don't hear the gospel they don't hear the message about the sermon i mean yeah we have plan b we have we have youtube we Mm -hmm. have podcasts you know but there is something about engaging at the right time yeah um for a needed word you know what i mean and the word of god um so Sometimes it'll, the enemy will just enter a thought. Yeah. And it's just like this really small thing that can just change your trajectory one degree and then you just totally go exactly somewhere else. Yeah, one degree. Yeah. I definitely feel that. I mean, because like <laughs> just, uh, you know, because like even that thought that I haven't done mission in a while, that was just like such a small thought. But like I almost even glanced past that because I was like, you know what? I still have to like try and do really well in my next round of exams. You know, like it's just because like once you go off course, it almost seems like I have to stick to this course because like it's just like the way I went. Like for example, um, there's like there's like an ultra marathoner I was like following on Instagram, and like it's like he's running 240 miles like in like like a couple days, right? Like a hundred miles in, apparently he went the wrong way for like 15 miles, and then like. He has to like backtrack that 15 miles to continue on the race, and that that's almost what it feels like, you know, like, up like b- having been put off course like that much. It almost felt like I had an obligation to like stay on that track and not backtrack to the main main road, like the 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 road that I was set on, so that I can 
you know like live live my life for christ it's just mm -hmm. like i was almost like i have to be really excellent for med school like as if mm -hmm. that that was like all of a sudden the most the important only. yeah like mm -hmm. the only thing in my life but mm -hmm. and i acted like it was i was like but in uh, the moment it becomes the only yeah it feels like it yeah. like it's like panic like a panic sets in and then you know all of a sudden it's like you scramble for like something that'll like validate why you're doing you have to like prioritize everything and then like it's it i say it's like really sinister because it's almost like the enemy just does this like one little nudge and like sets you to the right and then just like hands off and then you just spiral into like a completely different arena that like you weren't supposed to go mm. you know what i mean yeah. yeah you know i love that um solomon and ecclesiastes gives um wisdom about there is a time to begin something but there's also a time where things end mm. and um, i think i've heard henry cloud say this and it's such great wisdom dr henry cloud is a christian counselor right he says that whenever we assume that and this is that's this has nothing to do with like this has to do with like certain projects or relationships mm -hmm. of some sort not within this context okay yeah. but generally speaking he said whenever we assume that something is forever for the sake of finishing something mm. um you're in for trouble right because there for some things it is to carry on through hardship mm -hmm. but for some other things it is meant to be for a season mm, yeah and I say within biblical context, you know, obviously, because we're kind of just drawing from that, you know, as a, an example. But I say that because I think sometimes people have this thing like people are so gung-ho, like we become, we've all been there, like we become so gung-ho about something yeah. that we almost kind of lose track and the focus of what our goal was. Yeah. And it becomes about just finishing something, mm -hmm. right? right? And I think sometimes that one mentality of finishing something could also set us up on a track of like not realizing why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And um, those are sometimes those are subtle ways too. Yeah. Like, and I, I've seen it like and you know um sammy sam sammy mm -hmm. sam preaches on subplots a lot but yeah. i think sometimes a lot of people live their life for the sake of living for something that it ends up being a subplot yeah and never really discovering the purpose of god mm -hmm. you know because i think there's a fear almost and i think enemy really feeds into this as well there's a fear almost of not achieving something or having something to your name yeah that i think the need to accomplish something for the sake of saying oh well i've done this i am this mm -hmm. for the sake of having labels to yeah. build ourselves up um oh i won this medal I finished this race. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there are all these things that we're so, we get so caught up in the ambition of finishing a task mm -hmm. to bring um, glory to our name. We don't say that, but I think there's definitely that temptation, right? Yeah. That you end up on a track trying to finish something and going after something and you realize, wait, where am I going? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and for what? But yeah. 
So I think, I guess I mentioned that because it almost makes you not listen to the voice of God. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, there are things to carry on through this in, in spite of resistance, yeah. such as mission, such as your relationship with Christ. Like, mm-hmm. you know, these are non-negotiable things, right? Yeah. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about these medals that we want in mm-hmm. our lives to check off as achievement. Right. Um, and I think it almost silences and ultimately silences the voice of God mm-hmm. because we shut it out because the need becomes so great. And honestly, I think at that point, it's like the enemy's like, oh, you're doing a great job. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's running itself. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? Like, oh, they're kind of just like on the track. Yeah. Let me just watch it happen. Yeah. You know, so I think that happens as well. Um, so there's entering of thoughts. There's also setting, um, pushing us off track. Mm-hmm. Um, for the sake of a goal, um, or, but actually, you know, Steve, uh, not Steve, C.S. Lewis talks about that, you mm-hmm. know, he, in, um, what's that book, uh, Screw Tape Letters, he says, oh, at this point, I will just mention lunch, and yeah. he will think he is hungry, right. and he will never, ever think about God again, mm-hmm. and I, that's how subtle, and so, if you think about it, it's very smart, Yeah, like, just, Touch upon a need yeah. of human beings. So primitive. He needs lunch. Distract him. He doesn't like what he's doing right now anyway. Yeah. Oh, it's lunch hour. You know? So even the thought that entered at work about mm-hmm. God, maybe checking out the church or, yeah. you know, these things like, oh, it becomes all of a sudden like, ah, mm-hmm. what was I thinking about? Was What was I talking about? Right. You know? It's so subtle, but it's sinister, but it's so smart. Yeah. But I think that's the thing. I think when we're young, we think, oh, enemy? Okay, well, I'm stronger than him because God is stronger than that. And that's Mm -hmm. true. God is stronger than that. But if we don't walk in authority of Christ, um, the enemy will also achieve, accomplish his goal, Mm -hmm. which is to steal, kill, and destroy everything before it flourishes or even before it begins. And he will have mastered his goal over us, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the call to embrace that there is spiritual warfare is a very serious one if you want to be serious about really seeking and finding Christ. And two, if you really want to follow Christ. Because then you're recognizing that, yes... Not on some days or what, because it's the war, like we said, the war is hard to imagine, right? And then the war doesn't look like that. Mm-hmm. So it's not always visceral. It's in a plane where we don't see it. Um, and it happens to us before we even recognize it. To embrace means, you know what? It's it's a call to kind of like uh, wisdom. It's a call to um, maturity. Like let's let's embrace it and mm-hmm. let's walk in it. Let let's not take chances with this. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So. And so I know, like the, in order for us to even like begin to combat the enemy or like even to combat this warfare, it's we have to practice spiritual discernment. You know, and and. And also our spiritual authority, but it's it's clear that 
you know, in scripture, it says that, you know, the authority comes from Christ, right? And it's like the invitation uh, for believers and seekers is that, like, we can exercise this authority and exercise and, like, really orient ourselves around spiritual discernment, like, through Christ. Um, and I guess, you know, it's it's not so obvious to me that, like, like what spiritual discernment exactly is, mm-hmm. um, you know, because, like, if we if we if we've identified some of the ways in which the enemy works and like we embrace that you know the enemy is working against us you know like you have any like suggestions of like what the next steps are like practically like how do we even begin to combat like just kind of going back to like the initial question of like like how do we combat or like be a part of this combat yeah so Yes, there is the walking in authority by um, using the name of Jesus Christ, right? Because there's power in declaring the name of Jesus Christ. Mm. But And I'll, I'll go into that. But walking in authority of Christ also means that we acknowledge that we have risen with Christ. Mm. And therefore, we have everything in this lifetime on this day to live a God- godly life in right. Christ. I think that's like the foundational piece Mm -hmm. because um you know i'll give an example uh you know today when you came i gave you i made you coffee and Mm -hmm. today you actually said um so i always know but you actually said oh this coffee tastes really good today right and Mm -hmm. i said oh it's because we cleaned it right? right so i had i have an espresso machine right this beautiful red espresso machine right and there's a button Uh, when you have an espresso machine that shows up and it lights up, I think it's a clean button, right? And clean me. Yeah, clean (laughs) me. And, you know, as embarrassing as it is, I left that go for a very long time, Mm -hmm. like months. Yeah. Because it was still making coffee. It was pulling espresso great. It, like, tasted good. It did its job. But it was on for a really long time. Right. Like, really long time. So much that when we cleaned it, right, actually, so I didn't want to clean it because I had to YouTube it, uh-huh. you know, and because it's like one extra step, like yeah. I had to YouTube how to do it. And like for me, I kept telling myself, but no, I kept putting it off, mm-hmm. right? And so one day I actually asked someone to clean it for me, mm-hmm. right? And when he started descaling it first round the button wouldn't go off because once you descale it it's mm-hmm. supposed to go off as yeah. if like it's clean mm-hmm. second round nothing the button still was lighting clean me clean me mm-hmm. three times four times and i think once for maybe every month oh, <laughs> that wow. i skipped and i think about like after fifth time of vinegar treatment and all like the you know baking soda whatever it turned off mm. and then i was really curious i was like wow that took a really long time and yeah. i went to taste it and i was like wow i didn't know that our coffee had a floral like f- fragrance to it mm-hmm. honestly i never knew yeah. that the coffee that we we brew in Dura, right yeah um i didn't know it had like a floral taste to it mm. never because it's very slight yeah but then when I tasted it, I was like, oh my, wow, this tastes really good. Mm-hmm. And so basically that's what you tasted, yeah, right? right? Yeah. yeah, you taste it mm-hmm. in its fullness, right? But 
honestly, for me, when that happened, I was like, wow. It was in front of me, and I just kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. So to wrap up the first point, right? Sometimes you don't even know what you're missing out on, and that's kind of like the plan of the enemy. Right. So that you don't know what you're missing out on until you really, really come to a place where this is the fullness of God. If you don't know what you're missing out on, you could ache for it, hunger for it, but forget that hunger, forget that ache, Mm -hmm. forget that longing, and in that forgetfulness... You never really taste the fullness, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it was when I cleaned it, I realized what it was supposed to taste like. And man, coffee was really, really good, right? Mm-hmm. But in the same way, I think um, because the enemy is in such a subtle place, like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. You don't know what you don't, what you, you don't know what you're missing, yeah. right? Um, there are very important decisions in life. But the very first decision that is the most important decision is meeting God. Mm-hmm. Because that sets everything in place, right? Mm-hmm. Meeting Christ, right? Like finding who Christ is and who He is and what He means to us. Mm-hmm. Um, who we are in Christ. Like that is like the most important thing. Realizing that we can have a relationship with God through Christ. Mm-hmm. That relationship is so important and the enemy is always attacking that gift right there, mm-hmm. right? And if that is where fullness begins, the enemy will always keep us from a place so that you are one degree away from that, mm-hmm. right? So having said that, for seekers, right, there are people who are wanting to find Christ, but for some reason, something always comes up because it always feels like one extra step. Mm -hmm. Like, oh man, it's kind of annoying. Like I have work, I have to move my schedule around. Like I have brunch, like I have family things, you know, and we've heard a lot of people with, um, you know, people who said, I couldn't come to church for a long time because Mm -hmm. that's kind of like where my family dinners happen, right? But little bit of tweaking necessary, but you don't do it for a long time mm-hmm. or something really inconvenient happens. But, or for a believer or a follower, flourishing in Christ is also part of that, right? Mm-hmm. Our relationship with Christ is that crucial mm-hmm. to experience fullness because you could gain things and people in your life, but if you don't have Christ and you come off like, you know, I love the one degree, like you one degree come off of that path, you could gain everything, but you will always kind of feel like, and in a, and in a way you are in a circle because you don't ever come to that place where you really find your father in heaven mm-hmm. and your savior. I guess what I was trying to get with the espresso machine and the clean me and my, the lesson I learned about putting it off because it's inconvenient or it takes a step or it takes actually an actual effort um, is, you know, in Christ, we have the ability and the authority and the power to live in all godliness in kingdom, um, in the kingdom of God and the fullness, right, to experience it. Yeah, there is a sense the kingdom is here but not yet because it it is not the end, right? Mm-hmm. But 
there is a fullness of Christ that we can experience. So even before the authority, or as um, I don't want to say prerequisite because I don't want it to come off that way, but you know, in Christ we have the ability. So meaning, we have the name and the authority of Christ. But I guess this is what I also want to include is that. Um, you know, when there is some, there is sin, right, in our lives, mm-hmm. it is a great. There, it it almost makes it, it gives permission, um, to the enemy, to mess around, even more. Mm-hmm. So it you're almost forfeiting your right and your ability to live in Christ um, by creating almost like haziness for ourselves without um, even realizing it. And the authority of Christ, I mean... I mean, there's a shame that comes with sin, right? Mm. And shame itself is like so heavy mm. and so um, deceiving, right? In terms of our motives and why we do what we do. Like we don't even realize, you know, sometimes why we might be avoiding certain situations or certain people because of shame. Mm-hmm. But shame has a way of um, playing, you know against us when it seems like it's almost protecting us and shame comes with with sometimes you know i mean many times with sin right Mm -hmm. but when there is it's kind of like you know when there is when there's sin we have also the authority and the ability in christ to come to God with it. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not a disqualifying like, oh, if you have sin, then you don't have authority. No, when there is sin, we have the authority to approach God and to approach community and say, hey guys, like I'm dealing with this and I want to bring it to the light. And the powerful thing about bringing it to the light is kind of like the one scaling, descaling, second descaling of the machine. You don't even realize, but it is internally washing, kind of like the espresso machine, that the coffee ends up tasting good. Mm. You know, like before I drank Starbucks, like I thought deli coffee was really good. I mean, deli makes really good sandwiches and bagels, but I always thought deli coffee was really, really good until I had Starbucks and I'm like, wow, you know? Mm -hmm. So contrast is the mother of clarity. But sin has a way of robbing us and how it's almost like because we are allowing room, um, it affects our flourishing Hmm. with our part in it, you know, and that's why Sam talks about addiction and yeah, I know that Yes, mental illness is a serious thing. And he's not negating any of that, right? Um, Because we believe that. We believe in counseling, all these things. But he's talking about the aspects where we allow room for the enemy to 
step all over us mm. or to control us with shame or to negate who we are, belittle us. You know, we're talking about allowing room to lessen the fullness of God in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. And I guess that's kind of like why I brought up the espresso story is that you don't know what you're missing until you realize what it's supposed to really taste like, what life is supposed to really be like in Christ. Mm -hmm. When you find Christ and why the enemy would stop us at shame, to not do anything about it, mm -hmm. why the enemy would stop us at um, inconvenience to never step forward mm -hmm. or go past or why the enemy would um, get us at fear or paranoia so that we get consumed or pre-consumed with stuff that we never get to what we always um, wanted to mm -hmm. um, or for seekers even um, to come to a place where all of a sudden even seeking God little by little, like one Sunday or one meeting up with a friend who wants to invite you out. Like, you know, we have little by little, it's weaved out. Like it's almost like weaned out and to the point where you're like, oh my gosh, I remember I used to do that. You know, mm -hmm. I do this with like, you know, simple as I do this with like, um, I think I always say this about certain dishes I eat. I'm like, oh, why haven't I eaten this? I love this dish. Why haven't mm -hmm. I eaten this in a long time? How did I forget about this dish, this place? I love this place. Right. And you're just like wondering, how does that happen? Like you think you know your, you know, your, where you eat. You think yeah. you know your schedule. You think you're in control. But like you realize, oh my God, I forgot I was missing out on this. Right. But it's that subtle. So plainly saying if you're a seeker and all of a sudden things are coming up where you can't be at church to hear the gospel or you're trying to tune into the gospel or to the podcast or you know where you hear the gospel and all of a sudden like things keep coming up um i would i would actually try making it a priority no matter what i'm gonna make sure i do that like mm. i'm gonna hear it and see what happens because it's really the game almost is in the to make us miss out mm -hmm. on it it's to preoccupy us distract us so that we miss out on what we can receive for the next goal or what we can achieve for the goals that god has for us right. you know mm -hmm. and it sometimes even means like so that we continue to succeed in our goals and subplots so that we miss out on the goal and and the the plan and the destiny that God has for us. So it's the game is really on the missing out. Mm. So for seekers, I would say try making it a priority again. If you've been kind of like being distracted and you didn't even realize it or you know preoccupied without even realizing it, and before you know it, you feel like you're so far away from it. Like, oh, I don't want to be a nuisance. Time. Like, these thoughts are not only your thoughts. This, this is what the enemy plants so that you become a nuisance or you feel like a nuisance or that you feel like you're doing something wrong mm. or you're not polite enough or you're not accepted enough or you're so different or, you know, something's up with you that these are almost gaslighting thoughts which make you wonder about your worth and um your need for god mm. that it makes you question oh yeah maybe i shouldn't it's not 
it almost seems right that I stay away from church, or it almost seems like God's not leading me there. But it's the abs. It's in the absence of the pursuit towards God that is where you should. Look at it as okay. Something's up because I haven't felt hungry. Like if I don't feel hungry, I almost feel like oh my god, something's wrong. Cause like I'm always hungry,、mm. right?、Yeah. Like we love food. Like I love food, so I'm like if I'm not hungry, I'm like oh something's up. What the?、Mm. I don't. I all I realize it right. But if you're not hungry for God, and if you're not hungry to meet God, you should look at it as oh something's up because、yeah. I was aiming for that. So, just to help people who are disconnected from that goal, to reconnect to that goal, and to all try making it a priority again,、mm-hmm. um, see what happens. You know, like make it a priority again because we, you know, the Bible says Jesus said this. Jesus said, "You are blessed if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you will be filled."、Mm-hmm. Because the fact that you realize you're hungry and thirsty for Him. Means that you're ready there, like halfway.、Yeah. It's like half the battle. So keep hungering, keep thirsting, and if you find yourself where you have lots of appetite for God, I would say look into that and make it a priority again.、Mm-hmm. And I just really want to say that for the seekers who are seeking, who have not found a relationship with Christ yet,、um, to reconnect that step from A to B. Um, however long that takes, like continue to pursue it, and I would say even to the believer, you know, to the follower of Christ, if your hunger and your thirst is not there, I would check what's going on、mm-hmm. and reconnect again, so that because it's in the absence of hunger, it's in the absence of thirst, where you you will realize that there's a disconnect. And I think realizing that is really the first step and the point, because I know like I'm kind of like all over, but I feel like it is speaking to people.、Mm-hmm. Um, that's how you embrace it. I'm not hungry. Something's up.、Mm-hmm. Not not I'm I'm not hungry. So you know what? I like this. I feel in control. No, if so- something's up, if we're not hungry. Yeah, I mean, absence to the things we need, absence to Christ leads also to a trajectory、mm-hmm. of of a pitfall.、Mm-hmm. So, and you know, Christians know that, but also we forget that. I mean, that's the thing we forget all the time. So we check, and yes, I think that's that's also how we can embrace the spiritual reality.、Mm-hmm. So how do like how do we know like because you because you're bringing up the point that like we we notice when we're no longer hungry or no longer thirsty and we 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 should find that like necessarily like alarming right because like that's something we don't have control over right like when we get hungry or when we get thirsty that's like involuntary so like if you're saying like that's kind of the case with you know. Seekers, where or like believers, where they're realizing that there's no longer like a hunger or thirst for、um, God or like trying to know God better.、Uh, how does that look like? Yeah, like what, like what, like where do yeah, like how do, how does that look like? I mean, because I can I can see what that 
could look like for someone like someone like like for myself or like you know some somebody just like hasn't been exposed to like knowing knowing god you know like i guess just to, just to make it like how do you how do you keep being hungry and thirsty for god right because like, i think that's like the most important thing like if we lose that hunger and thirst and like if we don't continually like seek after god right that's that's when we that's when we give room for the enemy to really attack us right so i'm just wondering like like what does it look like to you know be hungry and thirsty and you know really seek god it's mm. a good question Well, I mean, I think there are several different ways where or how it how it looks like where you're no longer hungry or thirsty, right? Meaning um you're no longer interested in I'm not talking about like the topic of God, yeah. but following Christ, meaning like there's a lack of daisicalness mm. against of sin or there's a you there's a there's almost like um compromise of values of God. And you know, I think it's and also mm, I mean these are very or even just um giving in to the thoughts or the lies of the enemy to the point where you are at a place of like discouragement to the point where you're no longer fighting you've mm -hmm. given up like there's no fight in you left um does that make sense it does make sense yeah yeah where when there's no fight against um, the things competing for your attention. Yeah, like we we stop caring about what God cares about. Yeah. And I think little by little, um, it's, it kind of like creeps in and yeah. takes over. Yeah. There's no longer a tension of choosing Christ mm -hmm. against uh, worldly values worldly things and you know i mean sin is very clear to god but living in this world like not everything is so like a list of do nots versus do's right but when there's no longer a fight against the things that we um have fought for mm -hmm. or fighting for I mean, this is very general. I mean, I guess this is another topic, but yeah, yeah, it's kind of the signs of that something's up. Right. Yeah, that does that does seem like a cause for concern because you know it's just mm -hmm. like you know when you're in a relationship with someone like the the like friendship just kind of like fizzles out because like you don't fight for each other's time anymore like you mm -hmm. don't. You no longer like care about what the person's up to, or you care about, 
you know what's going on in their lives it's just kind of mm-hmm. like before you know you drifted apart and you live separate lives and it's before you know it it happens it's i think it's kind of the scary thing and like that's what the enemy hopes to accomplish in our lives right like he, he wants us to drift away from a life with god because we know that it's good and like it's full and it's mm-hmm. it's what gives us life but that's what the enemy's trying to accomplish like that we don't experience that and we miss out mm-hmm. on that life yeah or there's a struggle against addiction of some sort and mm-hmm. it's just a um for example you know like uh and there's a constant fight against it and you just feel like you're not beating it yeah i think that it's not even that you intended it for it to get there but because of the failure aspect mm-hmm. of beating certain addictions you check out you disqualify and it's it happens in these patterns right you know you disqualify you check out and you know and you isolate Mm -hmm. and once there's an isolation it's kind of like you're in no is that when you say no man's land yeah no man's land oh i do know i just okay it's like you're no man's land like you're out of reach yeah and so there's that there are definitely steps and process of stages of how that happens but like sometimes you don't even intend to be in that place but mm-hmm. you end up there you know and that's why i think embracing that there is an enemy is so important and you know sam talks about in the very beginning of the message he talks about donuts mm-hmm. and true story like we were in the car the kids and i were in the car sam like we told sam like we're very thirsty we had a long, a long drive out of us and we said oh yeah can you? he's like what do you want me to get i'm like get some bottles of water you know for the ride He's like, okay. And he was going to get himself a Diet Coke, right? And he went in the car and I said, how much you want to make a bet that uh, dad bought it? Actually, he said Snickers bar. Yeah. I said, he probably bought a Snickers bar. Oh, yeah. Because he always buys like a Snickers bar for us to all like take a bite. Uh-huh. It's kind of like sweet, right? Right. But um, th- they were like, oh, yeah, definitely dad got a Snickers bar. Definitely, definitely. And then he brought back donuts, right? Uh-huh. It's such a funny story, but... I think it's so relatable because I think a lot of times sin looks that way. Yeah. You know, like, you, and he talked about what happens in, in 7-Eleven. Yeah. He's like, I don't mean to go there, but I go there. Yeah. But I think that's how sin happens, right? It's just so tempting. Yeah. And it seems harmless. And it seems almost like this moment won't even matter, mm, right? Yeah. But you give in. And afterwards, you're just like dealing with it, right? right. And you try to numb it, you're still dealing with it right. because shame doesn't just go away. You can't lie to yourself for it to go away. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so in that process, you think it's just you, but the Bible makes it very clear. Yeah, it's the intent in us like that we're enticed by, but the Bible makes it very clear that is not God's doing. That is the enemy. Mm-hmm. The enemy tempts us. So, I mean, the Bible makes it very explicit that the enemy is in that picture. Yeah. Um, so even in the process of temptation, even before you flee, like, yes, flee, but know that the enemy is painting a picture. And this is kind of like how Edmund, mm-hmm. you know, 
over Turkish delights betrayed his family. Yeah. So it seems so minute in the moment, but I think that's the other thing. It's kind of like the enemy has a superpower of making things seem so like nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's not a big deal. That we're fooled by it, right? Yeah. And sometimes that moment or that failure ends up determining people's destinies. Yeah. And that's why our authority in Christ is so important. Mm -hmm. And embracing um, spiritual warfare is so important. Mm -hmm. Because if you knew that God is for you, and he does not he's he does not want you to fail he does not want you to be disconnected from him mm-hmm. but he wants a relationship with you he wants to be close to you and that the enemy will do everything like that character in Korean drama mm-hmm. why can't i overcome this or why can't i get from point a to b mm-hmm. then you would and you found out that you had authority you have the ability it would i think it would in different ways change the game yeah you know So, yeah. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. It's a fight. It's difficult. But the enemy's greatest lie is that you will always be this way. Yeah. You are never going to overcome. I mean, these are the lies of the enemy. Mm -hmm. So, instead of looking at everything from an emotional or mental lens, instead of just looking at it logically or through psychology, realizing that there is an attack against your success, Mm -hmm. there is an attack against you overcoming, I think also changes the game. Mm -hmm. Because it is about the rightful king landing, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So we can take offense, offensive, um, fight against it, because the enemy is really just trying to defend what he has of you or what he has against you, you mm-hmm. know? So, does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think it's like a really great place to start to identify, like, you know, where the enemy can attack you in your life, right? Because, like, you, you bring up a really great point. It's like we, we make these small decisions that seem like they they don't really impact like anything that's going on in our lives. And then all of a sudden it's like we become stuck in a rut of like, whether it's shame, failure, inadequacy. Um, and that's just like real exposure to enemy attack. And so like, I think that's kind of like where the naivety is. It's like, we think like these decisions we make is like, you know, it's fine. It's like, doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't hurt us. Um, but we're not really aware of the consequences of, you know, how we decide to live our lives and what actions we take in order to live our lives for God. And, you know, I think to really even, I mean, I'm just taking it for myself even. Like, it's really important to start spiritual discernment with just, like, identifying, like, what these areas in our lives are like. Like, wh- where do we find, like, sin being, you know, so, so evident in our lives where it just seems like we can't resist temptations and like what god is doing in those areas like if we can catch that if we can catch the subtlety of like that those little things i think like it could be a real turning point for a lot of believers and seekers Mm -hmm. yeah and you know we could say like oh to live for god and then then we were like yeah see so don't live for god Mm -hmm. have your own control but you know that's the thing living 
overcoming things and overcoming failures and overcoming addiction, all these things, it's not just life for God. Yeah. Ask anyone if they want to be addicted or struggle mm. in failure and struggle in shame. No one, nobody. Yeah. It all it almost becomes the way you end up living because you know mm. it's be- and ultimately the fullness of God it is clear that it is beneficial in every way mm. you know it's possible only to God really but it's beneficial it's great Mm. it's awesome yeah so i just want to say that because i think a lot of times the enemy whispers that too so easily so subtly like well then don't live for god Mm. you're gonna fail anyway so why try right but yeah so walking in authority practicing spiritual discernment slash authority what does that look like? Hmm. Are you asking me? No, I just said it, but oh, okay, you want to answer that? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I'm, I don't. That's why I'm asking you the questions. <laughs> you have the authority. I, I don't really. I'm still, I think I'm like, this is as much as we, we talk about spiritual authority a lot in discernment because it's such an important part of our lives. Like even, even I know that this is, I'm very elementary at it you know like because i i think there are just like weaknesses in my spiritual walk or like in the way that i operate like i don't i don't i don't have like a real good grip of like mm-hmm. spiritual I, authority but know? i think that's most of us right? Yeah, right all of us until we actually do mm. walk in it right um well I mean, the message was so clear and how, and also the ministry time was so powerful because Sam actually prays for people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, When I know that I'm under attack, spiritual attack, I don't try to identify it at first. When I feel under attack, even with uncertainty, where is this coming from to um, what is this? What is this? Did I say that twice? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, my first offense always is to pray. Yeah. And this is how I pray. I say, Lord... And there's no fancy way. You know, some people will say, you have to get on your knees and you have to pray. But you know what? I don't know about you, but when I'm getting attacked, I'm not always in my room by myself. Mm. You know, sometimes it's in the car. Sometimes it's, you know, at a schoolyard. Sometimes it's, you know, Mm. you're in all sorts of different places. So it doesn't have to be a certain way where you Mm. get on your knees. But, or... I will, yeah, so I will actually pray and say, Lord, as I'm walking with my eyes open, I'll say, Lord, I come before you and in the name of Jesus, I want to come against all the, every hindering spirit and every lingering spirit and every spirit attacking 
and whatever the enemy might be doing, I take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I declare the word of God. I mean, that's what the word teaches us, right? And in Jesus' name, I pray. And I'll wait it out. Mm-hmm. And many of those times, I will learn that it is spiritual. Because you almost feel like this oppression leave you. And this chaos leave you. This one this chaos that made you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm losing my mind. Or this chaos that made you feel like, I need sleep. Mm. Or this chaos that made you feel like, oh my gosh, like what's wrong with me? Again, what's wrong with me? Again. Mm. But you see it leave. And you realize there's a lightness that comes. A peace of God comes. Mm. So, yeah, my first offense always is that. Um... But that's kind of how you practice. Mm -hmm. Like you don't really know until you practice. And, you know, we're not supposed to get it right. Like that's, what if I'm wrong? What if it's not that? Well, then I would say get some iron in yourself. Mm -hmm. Get some food in yourself. Um, I would recommend, you know, if you've been praying, 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 and you feel like it's not it, well, there are, you should, there's so many things we could do to better ourselves and to get better, you know, or to nourish ourselves. Self-care is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, counseling is huge. But it's when, in the moment, what do you do, right? I mean, that's always my first offense. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly don't think you can go wrong with that one. Yeah. And that's how you exercise authority. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It makes, I mean... I think it's probably the most practical step to take. Yeah, it is like the most practical. Or when it's not just me, you might be asking, well, Pastor Lydia, you might know when you're under attack, but mm-hmm. you just said it's subtle. Like, how are we supposed to know? Um, I think sometimes you know yeah. when something's up. And it could feel like anxiety. It could feel like this almost like internal feeling uh, you can sometimes feel it viscerally. Sometimes it could feel almost like something very chaotic mm-hmm. or um, almost like an aloofness or, you know, we're more sensitive than we think. But yeah, so if you are, you don't know and you're not aware. Mm-hmm. And okay, so another example would be, let's say that you are um, trying to reach out to a friend to come to church. But every week, they'll say, oh, I would love to, but something comes up mm-hmm. and they cancel last minute. First time, you're like, okay. And then it happens again. And, oh, oh, actually, that day I can't because something came up. Oh, it's weird. My work called. Mm-hmm. This never happens. And these things keep happening, right? And now you're discouraged and you're annoyed because... Mm-hmm you know you're not really asking what's going on but you're kind of like what the heck yeah in that moment i would also pray when it's apparent in front of you and you don't know what the cause is and you're about to be annoyed and to give up and kind of just put it in the periphery i would pray first i would say lord if there's an opposition that's that i cannot see but is playing in different ways to distract 
I pray, and that's why with mission prayer is so important mm-hmm. yeah. because you are entering into enemy territory, and the enemy will not just kind of just relinquish, you know. So, with mission, you should always pray mm. for the path, for the process, for the person, and this is why we pray for the people we're reaching out to. And so it kind of makes sense, right? You don't just pray for the sake of praying. You pray because you're entering into a territory. Right. And you're praying that God, His voice would um, lead in the pushback of the enemy mm-hmm. in however ways that might play out. So you pray. So yeah, when those things happen, instead of getting irritated and annoyed and like, oh, I know this person always does this, Mm -hmm. this person is so inconsiderate. Instead of going there, I would pray and say, in the name of Jesus, I take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, every hindering spirit that is at work to bring this to an end, to bring, to make me irritated and to make me want to stop Mm -hmm. engaging to whatever is going on here, Lord, I want to give it to you in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I would work from that route and take the offensive route that way and to overcome that way and see. And you know what? Some things don't always give out and give in at, at you know, your first try of things mm-hmm. not that prayer doesn't work but sometimes there's warfare that lingers for a long time i mean yeah. think about it people are, are growing up not you know i once spoke to a friend from japan she was um in the u.s for a few years and i just asked her like hey do you ever think about uh, did you ever hear about god she said i actually never heard about god and that really um was very surprising because in the U.S. it's like got this, got this, got that. Yeah. She was like, I actually never thought about God because she knew I was a Christian. Yeah, and I would talk to her about God, and she said, "You're the only one in my life that ever talked to me about God." But what about thinking about God? She goes, "No, I never think about God actually." So see the absence of it. Um, but all to say, I would, I would pray, and. Say, Lord, I pray that your wind would blow Mm -hmm. and that she or he would grow hungry and thirsty for you because, Lord, I need your help. And I want to bind the enemy schemes in this person's life. Hmm. And I would pray that in the whole process and duration of reaching out to that person and to know that it will be a struggle and that it will be a fight. And mm-hmm. that's where the combat comes in, right? Like not recognizing it, but this is kind of how the battle looks like. Mm-hmm. It's like a tug of war, but press in instead of giving up yeah. in mission. Because discouragement, you know, I love that Sam said that, like discouragement is a good sign yeah. that you tapped into something there, mm. you know? Or you're a believer and for some reason, like, you know, I've heard so many stories of people where they want to be at church, but for some reason, like something stops them. And I'm talking about like an internal fight Mm -hmm. where almost like it feels so wrong and so dark, but it's hard to overcome Mm -hmm. because it comes with pain or like a trigger or um, like a almost like like a gaslighting effect where 
like a voice enters where you feel like something's wrong with you. Mm. Like, oh my gosh, like I'm not in the right place to go to church or I'm not feeling good. Like, I don't want people to see me like this. So it keeps it in an isolation place. Like even in those moments where you're looking at the mirror and you're getting ready and you're feeling discouraged to not go to church or you're in your car driving there or you're commuting there and you're just feeling like, I really don't feel like it. I would say in those moments, instead of exiting out of the plan to go, I would say even like engage even more Mm. because in my experience and many people will say this that have overcome like those moments when God is moving, the enemy will fight so that you never get there Mm. so that you don't receive the word or you don't, the word does not get planted in you or that you don't receive water so that the word does not um, get watered and, you know, flourish. Mm -hmm. So if you feel that resistance, I know it takes courage to like do this, but like if you feel that resistance, I would in the name of Jesus, I come against every spirit against me and take captive of it, like Mm -hmm. wrap it up in the name of Jesus and I would fight to go and I would get it. Like mm. I would go get it, you right. know? So go in the direction against that resistance to keep you away from God. Fight like, fight like hell. Like yeah. really fight through and over and go. And you know what? Everyone who fights to go never regrets it and always says, I'm so glad today I I actually showed up. Mm -hmm. So that's another example too, because people struggle that way. Mm -hmm. So if it is against you entering into a place where you can hear the word, be in God's presence and, you know, be with others, you know, the scheme will be right there. Mm -hmm. And it'll be, sometimes it'll be like, explicit that you feel like you can't overcome it you know when something is feels so strong like you just feel like you can't overcome it Mm -hmm. even that even when it is explicit in your face find it in jesus name and i would say show up Mm. and um fight harder against the grain of resistance Mm. is that right and um but this is how you take authority because you have you and I have been given everything in Christ to be godly in this lifetime and to choose into the things of God and God is for us mm-hmm. and I think it also breaks fear it breaks opposition um, in our lives it breaks um, through resistance it breaks through discouragement this is how we overcome through this is how we practice spiritual discernment. Mm. So it's not that you will know by sitting there like Yoda, like, what is this? Oh, this is God. No, this is pizza yesterday. No, this is, um, I don't know, the enemy. Mm-hmm. You don't always know. That's why your first offense, just give it a shot and pray. Mm-hmm. And that's what it means to walk in authority, to pray. God's never going to be like, what you're praying come on you don't know this again he's never gonna you know god will never turn away someone who asks for wisdom 
mm. never turn away. And he will never turn away who asks for more of him. So it's an invitation. Like he invites us to always turn to him. So first offense, always pray. Mm. Noted. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've been, if you're listening and you've been struggling through like array of thoughts and struggles of just like a knot of turmoil that you can't shake off, whether it's geared towards you or someone that you just can't get past it, even that I would bind it in Jesus' name and overcome. Hmm. Because God is so good and the enemy will do everything in his power so that we don't uh, witness and encounter and um, reconnect and draw closer to God because he is that good. And, you know, yeah. So embrace and practice the authority. That's really what it means to practice the authority and discernment. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that, Pastor Larry. I think that was this. This was like a really informative podcast. I think just like in the breadth of how the enemy operates and like how like what it means to take authority. Like you know, I think we've been given all the resources through Christ and like like you said, and you know, also through you know, I think I think you know spiritual warfare pretty well. I would say, and so like for us to like glean on this wisdom and know and like i try to identify you know these like pockets of attacks and like how the enemy combats against us and like what we can do to fight back you know because like i think we often do kind of just let things happen to us like we just kind of dismiss mm -hmm. like the active part we could play in you know fighting for god's kingdom because you know I, for whatever reasons whether it's like sin or shame or I don't know addictions or like trauma you know I think there's a lot of things that we don't realize we can do with Christ more so than like where we find ourselves feeling like we can't you know yeah and I do want to say that the point of exercising discernment is to not fight the end there the means will be fighting by using the authority of Christ mm -hmm. the enemy but the end like the end goal is not to win against the enemy. The mm. end goal is to be united, to be connected, to draw closer to God, to meet Christ. Mm. That's really the end goal is always um, relationship with God. Yeah. Because I think also we could, I mean, I've done this too when I was young. I'm like, oh yeah, well, I'm just going to catch the enemy. Well, you could try to catch enemy all your life, but it's like yeah. bacteria. Yeah. You know? It's just always going to be there. Yeah. So... I think there is, a, we have to learn to embrace that there's a spiritual reality mm -hmm. and that the enemy is, Sam always says this, like, well, he's like bacteria, so why fight bacteria? Don't commit to fighting bacteria. Yeah, just get healthier. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't you're you're gonna be in rabbit holes in and out, in and out, you know, yeah. like, or never out. Right. So the goal is to not, win against the enemy the mm. goal is to win the prize and the prize is christ right so that's the goal like he's the goal mm -hmm. to get there to not be disconnected mm -hmm. from the fight and the fight is not against the enemy but the fight is 
to turn to Christ. Yeah, like that's the real in this real yeah in this reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the authority of Christ. See, the enemy's been around for a very, very long time, and he is very um, cunning. And there's no way for us to up his, up the game above yeah. him because he's just been around for a really long time, yeah. and he's good at what he does. But that's why the authority of Christ is so powerful because it's kind of like being given um, almost like a superpower against it mm -hmm. that you are almost creating a protective force around you in the moment of calling out who you know, you know, and mm -hmm. who you know is Christ. Basically, you're saying, I know Christ, so don't mess with me. I know you're there and I know not, I know that you're not, you're not dying off. Mm -hmm. I know that you will be assigned somewhere. I know that you will have to back off. But just know this is who I know and I'm under his protection. Mm -hmm. So um, using the authority of Christ, practicing discernment, you walking in the authority of the first offense of praying to God um, is that superpower. You can never outwin or outwit him, the enemy, right? But you can overcome him because, you know, you have reach. You have you have connection with God, mm -hmm. you know. And his power is given to you in the moment, you know, as you call out to him. Because that is in us, right? In Christ. And that power is what we operate mm -hmm. and what we use and how we walk through treacherous territories. Mm -hmm. So, and that's why the word is so powerful because word is narratives and stories and letters of how people have experienced um, God and overcome. And that's why knowledge of the word is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Then you realize like, you're not the only one this has happened and people have reached their destiny in spite of failure. They have overcome in spite of discouragement. They overcame and you know, this is how they failed. This is how I can learn. You know, it teaches us to reach for Christ and to live for him. And that's why the word is so powerful. Mm -hmm. It equips us, you know? Yeah. I'm going to have to re-listen to this. It's a lot of, like, I think there's like a lot of valuable things to like take away from, um, this conversation. And I, I, I just want to like learn it, you mm -hmm. know? So thank you, Pastor Lydia. I think, you know, I mean, I bet I benefit a lot just like learning about, you know, like how to how to really like lead a uh, life with Christ. Because you know, I think to my own devices, I'd probably just be just as lost as I generally feel. But you know, like to to be illuminated and exposed to like you know the spiritual world in such a way where it's just like it 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 makes like a ton of sense and like we feel this very viscerally and like we we can connect with like the resistance we feel in our lives and like just the barriers of entry and um you know like just really going for that prize with christ it just can seem like such a long shot sometimes but um like given that awareness and given that 
like really critical piece of how we can live our lives in such a way that we can, um, you know, be in relationship with God, despite the the opposing forces and the contrarian spirit is just a really good reminder that like, it's possible, you know, like you said, it's, it's, it is possible. There's people that have done it. There are people that are doing it now. And we are given the authority and have everything we need in order for us to really flourish in Christ, you know, because I think it's so easy to lose sight of that. And it's, it's really important that we hold on to that promise and that hope that we too can really experience a full life. I actually want to end by praying mm-hmm. for people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so before I pray, you know, I want to say, listen to the ministry time. Um, there was a collective prayer of just praying for any demonic struggle, meaning, you know, any, any contrarian spirit, enemy struggle, evil one, right? Um, but I also want to pray, um, for the listeners as we end. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's pray. Father, we come before you and Lord, we thank you for just this word, Lord, that reminds us um, of spiritual reality. And Lord, I just want to lift up anyone who is struggling, Lord, um, but unaware or maybe struggling, perhaps, okay, struggling, but uh, but we're not aware that there is an enemy and that there is an en- enemy um, working against their destiny and um, direction towards you, God. And because the di- the engagement is getting closer, um, the forces are so much stronger, God. And I just want to pray for those that are so close but have been um, encountering opposition, resistance, and coming to know you. Um, people who are taking like, you know, steps forward and coming to know you and all of a sudden like a thought will occur and it feels like self and it just kind of takes everything back to ground zero. Lord, even these processes, Lord, because the the enemy is right there in the thought patterns as well. We want to pray for the wind of your spirit to blow and to make it even um, stronger, Lord, than the doubts. And yes, you have you give people the safety to um, explore their doubts because you are real and you show up in all those places, God, in so many different ways that your children can understand. We pray, Lord, against the evil one in all attempts and all engagement of um, just evangelism and mission, Lord, for people that are seeking. We come against every hindering spirit, um, every negating thought, every bit of preoccupation of thoughts that takes away from their steps towards you. We come against all these things where we take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. And we want to pray 
that steps would come closer to you, Lord, and not further away from you, God. Lord, whatever the forces may be, generational to um, surrounding to just competition of values to people groups to culture against the very person of Jesus Christ, we come against these forces in the name of Jesus, God. And we want to pray, Lord, that you would meet with these people. And for seekers that are discouraged, Lord, because they've been seeking and they just seem... It just seems like they're not gonna come. They're not gonna be able to find you, and that something is perhaps innately wrong with them that they can't find you. We want to pray, Father, that these lies would also be broken in the name of Jesus. That your word promises, Lord, to meet those, and also that you are for your people and then not against them. And your word promises, Lord, that if God is for us, who can be against us? So we want to pray for all those that are feeling aloof and um, at the brink of isolation because of negativity. Um, the by this by the voices of the enemy and the schemes of the enemy we pray lord for encouragement lord we pray for just your surrounding of your love to cast out all these doubts of fear and we're talking about demonic doubts that have been lingering lord we want to pray for your love to come and cover them lord in ways that they will understand send people god um Lord, we also pray for those that are engaging and um, feeling discouraged because reaching out to friends and family members to come to know you and it's just been um, failure after failure or disconnect and cancellation after cancellation of schedule and plans to bring them closer to you. We come, we pray, Lord, that you would also, in the disillusionment of rejection and and um discouragement we pray lord that you would break these spells of the enemy as well in the name of jesus and we want to pray for encouragement and a reawakening and recalibration lord of the mission of god and lord that your love would refuel and fill the people lord that are um witnessing and we pray lord that it would awaken and reconnect and re-engage lord efforts for people to come to know you god you know these people lord so we pray father for reconnection lord to bridge the gaps of doubt and to bridge the gaps of disconnect and attacks and um just sabotage of the enemy and we pray lord that you would come and that you would do your work, Lord, and people would come to know you, Lord, um, as a result. We pray also, and lastly, for um, just people that have been struggling, Lord, um, people that are trying to re-engage in faith and coming back to you, Lord, but um, things coming up and, you know, people are wondering if maybe this is like enemies doing and, you know, not even fully understanding how the enemy works, but perhaps this is something the enemy is doing. We take captive of these works of the enemy, Lord. Every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, we take captive of these activities, Lord, and the things that the enemy is doing. And we want to pray in Jesus' name that you would break through and that your children would be able to re-engage you would um, just uh, bring hunger and thirst for you, God. And we want to pray, Lord, that people would be able to re-engage. Lord, whatever the enemy is doing, whatever game of trickery the enemy is playing to just 
one disconnect or one division or barrier away from um, really turning to you and surrendering lives, Lord, to you. We pray, Lord, that these schemes would be broken. And we pray, Lord, also if it's a preoccupation thing, that it would fall to the periphery. And Lord, that um, the most, the very goal and task of finding you, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would realign those desires once again, Lord, and that everything that has taken captive of these desires would be casted at the name, in the name of Jesus, at the feet of Jesus right now. And Lord, we just wrap this up, God, collectively pray for all those who might be struggling with internal thoughts of accusation and condemnation of shame, people stuck and feeling like they can't get out of sin and addiction. We pray, Lord, we just want to pray that you would cover and you would um, just encourage people, Lord, and that you would remind people, Lord, that you are for them and not against them. And that we pray, Lord, that just a disqualification that I don't have authority in Christ, that lie would be broken in Jesus' name. For we have been seated with Christ, Lord. We have been raised with Christ. And Lord, that people would overcome, not because of who we are, not because of what we've done, but because of what you have done, Lord, on the cross and for you have risen again. And it is who we know. And the fact that we know you, Jesus Christ, we know you, Father, because of what Christ has done. We point to him and we want to pray that people would be encouraged and that you would bring about help and you would bring about um tools and people and um, just encouragement and strengthening on the inside, Lord, to overcome and to, um, to flourish, God, because these are your plans for all your children to not harm anyone, but to give people um, plans and a future and a hope, Lord, to prosper, Lord, in you. So we pray for all, Lord, and we continue to pray, Lord, for... Um, the people, God. And um, yeah, we just give it to you, Lord. And we trust in you. And we thank you for who you are. And we thank you, Lord, that you are at work. And that you are good. And that you are for every single person calling out to you. And um, lost and found, Lord. Your heart is to find every single one, Lord. So we pray for this, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to practice spiritual discernment right now. Father, today we want to study this phenomenon empirically. A lot of people pride themselves thinking they believe or they care about truth. When the truth is, they could care less. Especially if you're a seeker today, if you want to really test the power of God's existence, or if evil prevails, even though I think it's pretty obvious when you see more school shootings than gays, if you wanted to empirically test it, then you have to experience it. That's what defines empirical research. Actually going to a site, actually studying a phenomenon firsthand.
So today, Father, I want to pray against every thought, every behavior, any feelings, any assault of the mind and harassment. I pray that if this is the enemy, you would break its power right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We command it and break it in Jesus' name. Father, I want to pray for those who are seeking that they wouldn't be discouraged by the resistance they feel in themselves and out of themselves. They would pay attention to the Holy Spirit that is drawing them and provide them support to find you. And for those of us who believe, I want to let you know right now, there is power. The Christian life, the kingdom is not a matter of talk. It is a matter of power. Because if Jesus did not come back from the dead, I'm sorry, we would have nothing to talk about. That resurrection power is available. So right now, I want you to practice. For you, those who believe, I want you to practice in every, everything right now that's happening in your life, all the resistance. I want you to pray in the name of Jesus under your breath, and I want you to, say, you, I want you to bind it in Jesus' name right now. The Bible says that there's only one name under heaven man can be saved. The name of Jesus. The God incarnate. The Lagos. The very rational principle behind that ordered the structure of the universe became personified in flesh. Jesus. When you think about the historicity of Jesus and the change he created in this planet 2,000 years ago, either you have to say he is who he says he was, or he was some, just some lunatic. When you come to grips with that reality, and you believe Jesus to, to believe who he says he was. Every time you utter the name of Jesus, there's power. I really hope that for believers, the only time we say Jesus is when we're scared or frustrated, Jesus. But I pray that utterance would change. When storms rise in our life, I pray that instead of saying, Jesus, as a venting mechanism, it would become power to us. Literally identifying the problem and commanding it in Jesus' name for that power to be broken. Will you do that right now? If you're discouraged about someone you're sharing your faith with, 
bind that resistance in Jesus' name. kingdom is a matter of power, not talk. And that power, the Bible says, is available to you today. Where you bow your heads for the benediction. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people pray. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Hey everyone, we just have some community news for you as we end our podcast today. We want to invite you to join us for our Sunday service. We meet at the AMC Lowe's Theater at 19th and Broadway in Manhattan at 12 noon, and we'd love to see you guys there. We also have a prayer text hotline where you can send your prayer requests. It's available at 539-7-PRAYER and at prayer at 180church.tv. In the midst of life, if you need prayer, our team is available to lift you up in your struggles, and we're always there for you. You can check out our Bible reading group online at 180brg.tumblr.com and on Instagram as well at 180brg. And it's a great resource for being grounded in God's Word and really plugging God's Word into our daily lives. You can also find us online through our Instagram page at 180church and our church website at 180church.tv. And lastly, if you'd like to make an offering, you can do so electronically at our website at 180church.tv. 